0: Welcome to another episode of Live Life Well, the podcast. Our mission is to end burnout culture by empowering world changers to burn bright and not out so that they can live and lead from a place of purpose with joy and delight. My name is Amy Leong and I will be sharing the life-giving practices and lessons that I've learned on this journey of failing forward as a former lawyer turned leadership and well being coach, we'll be talking about holistic wellness, servant leadership principles, self-care, mental health and spiritual health, and other things close to my heart, such as social justice issues, creativity in the workplace, and the current global pandemic. I'm dedicated to sharing from a place of authenticity, and I'm going to give you VIP access to my conversations with wise mentors and guests. My hope is that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have something you can apply to your life so that you can live it well. I also hope that it feels like we're sitting across from each other in a cafe over a nice cup of coffee or your favorite beverage here in Melbourne and having a chat like old friends.
1: Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Live Life Well, the podcast we are actually going to be broadcasting out this episode on international women's day so happy international women's day and we are also doing a series on women of color who are breaking the bias which is the international women's day theme in 2022. so our first guest where we're doing a live recording in our facebook group um, and our first guest is samantha jansen of samantha jansen Publishing. And she is an international speaker, publisher, author, and business owner. She's also a marketing strategist and has helped over 200 individuals publish their works in books. And she's spoken at over 250 engagements, events. She's also studying counselling as well. And she's also the publisher of a book that I have co-authored, which is called My Courageous Journey, And she's got it there that she's showing up uh, for those who are on the live uh, broadcast. And yeah, we're just so excited
2: to have Sam be our first guest for this series. Welcome, Sam. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm very, very grateful to be here and to have this conversation with you today. Wonderful. And I like to start our podcast
1: episodes usually with asking for a little bit of wisdom and life advice. So, our first question for today is knowing all that you know now, what is the number one thing that you would have told your 20 year old self? Or, you know, uh, 10, that you don't have to disclose your age, but like a younger version of yourself.
2: Yeah. I love that question. And look, if I was being completely honest, I think it would be not to try and fit in because, you know, in my early 20s, that 20, 21 year old, I really wanted a sense of belonging in that friend circle, you know, so that I was not awkward or not quite fitting in or blending in. So there was this deep desire to blend in um, just so I felt like, yeah, I was included in certain circles and communities. But here I am on the other side uh, and I'm going to say to someone that is in that space or, you know, if you've ever felt challenged, And to my younger self, you know, you don't need to belong to all those little communities and those groups that you want to uh, when you're a a lot younger. You know, it's okay to stand out and it's okay to be completely different um, based on, you know, likes and dislikes.
1: Mm, That's such good advice and um, really kind of on theme as well with breaking the bias that we'll talk, we'll ask some questions around that as well. So, we've heard a little bit about the things that you have accomplished and things that you've been part of, but um, how about you just share a little bit about your journey, like from, you know, you don't have, you can start from wherever, but just a little bit of a background story to how you've gotten to where you are today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So to give um, all of you a little bit of context, so I was born and raised in Sri Lanka and came to Australia when I was 18. Um, So I had a little bit of freedom and partying that I had explored in Sri Lanka and then came to a new country and that was the first time I'd actually boarded a flight. I had never been on a plane before before. Or done anything like that so it was a big change from a country like sri lanka to an incredible country like australia to go oh wow this is completely different it feels like i'm living in the movies just for a moment but as a result of not being exposed to so many different elements that australia offers um i felt really challenged i felt like i didn't fit in i couldn't quite find my rhythm and everything i believed to be had was true to me you know for 18 years was suddenly up in the air and that was that big part as i mentioned before you know what would you say to your 20 year old self i just wanted to belong i wanted to fit in i wanted to blend in um, just so i found me but the truth is i already knew who i was what i liked and disliked but suddenly i was i was willing to be in circles they were not bad they were just not aligned to me looking back now they were just not aligned to me. So I felt the constant need and that pressure to kind of step up in aspects that were not my strength. They were really my weaknesses that I was happy to admit now, but I wasn't, you know, 15 odd years ago. So that was, I think the first part of the challenge. And the second part that led me to where I am today is really accepting that we're all born with unique gifts and talents, and we need to own that. Um, regardless of what challenges and curveballs are thrown our way to own that. Um, And my biggest challenge originally, I thought, was actually, you know, coming to Australia, coming to a new country at 18 and going, oh, this is is a big challenge. But the truth be told is that was a very small part of the puzzle. This year is a very special year for me. It marks 10 years to when I walked away from a corporate job, uh, became a single parent, and also stepped into becoming a business owner. So this particular year is quite significant. Um, And it's really personal to me to really reflect back on how far I've come from that girl, woman, whatever you want to call that person I was um, 10 years ago that was somewhat really confused and broken um, when that relationship fell apart and I was left, I felt like I was left to pick up the pieces, but the truth be told, I was given op- an opportunity to fly. I didn't see it then because there was too much hurt. There was too much grief. There was too much confusion. But really that breakup, um, not being the chosen person with, with your partner and told, you know, this is not going to work out. We're going to go our separate ways now. you gotta you got to find your way was essentially me being set free so i today and over the last few years i've I've really celebrated that but had you met me 10 years ago amy i was not a happy person i was quite broken and confused and just didn't quite understand my identity so these days i'm very passionate about yeah having conversations with uh, women particularly to really own to own that challenge and to to rise up and fly despite what curveballs are thrown their way so
1: yeah Wow. I, when you told me it was like 10 years, like, and like the significance of it, I literally got chills. I was just like, Oh, like I had no idea that, you know, there was just such a significance to this, um, to this interview as well. Like giving, like giving a space and opportunity for you to kind of reflect and, and share the things you've learned. From your Thank you. Um, so given, you know, you mentioned a few challenges along the way, um, like what are some of the things that have helped you to move from that place of just surviving to yeah. now what I see before me like someone who's thriving someone who like has a greater sense of purpose like what um what are some of the things that have uh, helped you on that journey
2: yeah look the first thing that I would say is when you're for me, at least, when I've been in a challenge or in a really tricky situation, I've chose to have my cry and own it. You know, I am a woman. I feel a lot of emotions, and sometimes crying is the best way to let it all out. Um, you know, and owning that because, as much as I would want to be strong, sometimes I'm not right? I just can't deal with the emotion. So the first thing I would say is I've owned that emotion. I've cried, whether that's for a few hours, you know, just sitting there feeling sorry for myself. I have had that pity party. Uh, But from there, the second part is going, this is happening now. What is the one thing I can do to shift that? So I will have the little pity party. I will cry. And then I will ask myself that question on repeat. And in most cases, I don't have the answer straight away. It takes me a few days, a few weeks to come through. And between that time, there is still crying and regrouping and just like I've just got to push through another day, another day. But I've found myself asking myself that question. I'm actually feeding my mind with a way to move forward. So I'm acknowledging the pain or the trigger points, but I'm asking myself in that same breath, you know, What am I going to do next? So that's probably the second part to to my, over the many challenges, you know, over the 10 years, particularly, there's been countless challenges, like I couldn't count them all because we'll be here for a very long time. But that has been my go-to system. And when I do get that clarity, I ask myself, am I doing this for me or am I doing this to prove a point? Because sometimes I get these brilliant ideas and they're not probably a brilliant idea on the long term right because they're more just a quick fix or you know or i'm gonna sweep that under the carpet and just go do that well i could go do that because that will buy me some time but i'm not really addressing the issue i'm just putting a band-aid on it so uh, i've been in business for nearly nine and a half years and i've had a business you know, nearly a business coach through every step of the way. I do have breaks from business coaches, but I've had a coach along the way, plus life coaching and all of that. And something that has been really helpful is to really hone in on what do I want to achieve for me, not for the titles I carry, not for the commitments I have as a mom, as a daughter, as a sister, a friend, none of that's relevant. What's going to work for Sam? Like what does she want? Because if Sam's all good, all the relationships and connections I have are going to have a best version of Sam, right? So very early on I realised I'm going to say you kind of have to be selfish. You really got to go what's going to work for me. So that has been like my go-to method, Amy, mm. uh, to really honing on me. And often it it's not a quick fix. As I said before, it takes weeks. Some have taken a little bit you know, a few months, I would admit, because I felt really kicked in the guts and I just couldn't snap out of it straight away. You know, yeah, it's just it's a time thing. Mm,
1: yeah, definitely. And
2: I think what you said
1: about, like, um, being selfish is uh, I've had to really come to terms with that as well, and yep. that's um, – Sometimes uh, I love the analogy, and I use it a lot in my own coaching as well. It's like you have to put your own oxygen mask on before you go off and help someone else. And yeah. that's really like you know this whole you know live life well movement is really about like we need to take care of of ourselves because yeah. if we don't, then how can we be you know, the mother, the, uh, the daughter, you know, the publisher, you know, for your for your clients and. Things like that uh, but thanks for sharing that Sam because um, yeah it's very much like uh, what we're all about here um, in this group as well um, so in the different stories and things like that that have happened on your life what led you specifically to book publishing um, and the work that you do in that business
2: Yeah, so it was by accident. It was not something that I set out to do. So had you, had we had this chat eight years ago, Amy, I would have said to you, oh, book publishing? I don't think so. I'm good at where I'm at. (laughs) I would have never in my wildest dreams eight years ago, nine years ago. Um, ever have thought that I would own a book publishing business but what led me was so when everything fell apart I had to regroup I handed in my resignation to the corporate job that I had so I had a nine-to-five corporate job in Melbourne CBD in superannuation so I handed in my resignation and I had nothing to go to I decided to start a consultancy-based business with the skills that I had As a woman, as a mother, and as someone that had been helping my children's father with his business. So I had quite a few skills in my toolbox, uh, but never really run a business in Australia. So that was a new thing. So I stepped into running a business. There was, again, a lot of challenges from the lack of knowledge, uh, experience, a whole array of things, right? Because I've gone from a nine to five corporate lifestyle to suddenly being a business owner and most of us would know if you're a business owner you don't work nine to five and switch off and go i'll see you later at nine o'clock the next morning it never happens so there was a whole array of emotions there but i pushed through i had a coach a life coach and a business coach i pushed through the challenges the financial hiccups um, systems all these things and then i was actually at a networking event And I was approached by a local publisher around the Doncaster area that reached out to me and said, hey, you've shared a little bit about your purpose on why you love helping um, startup businesses with your consultancy business. I'm curious, you know, what's the one thing you would say that has helped you? And I said, oh, it's mindset. You know, you, you feel the emotions and then you push through and you fly. And she was like, oh, this is interesting you know, we're doing a book around healthy minds. That was what the book was called. It was called Healthy Minds. And she said, I'd love for you to write a chapter. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay, cool. This is exciting. I mean, I've always loved books. I get to be an author. And this was so exciting. So this is about seven and a half years ago now. Um, And I wrote a chapter uh, in that book that was published called Healthy Minds alongside some incredible other authors. That book got published. And the interesting part was while I was writing, I was obviously doing a lot of consultancy work and I was lo- knocking on a lot of doors to serve communities um, in Melbourne, through local councils, through various establishments. But I got a lot of rejection, you know, because I was a, a startup business with not a lot of backing in terms of academics. Um, so there was like, mm, are we really gonna take us seriously? Like she's probably in just another startup, mm, not really. And that was again a bit of a kick in the guts. Going, nobody wants to just give me even a little lane way. Like I don't need the door; just give me the side lane, <laughs> kind of thing, you know, for me to sneak in. But there was no no opportunities. But interestingly enough, this book came out. I posted it across social media, so that was Facebook, LinkedIn, and suddenly all the people that said no, I'm not kidding you, Amy. Um, there was about three organisations, including a local council, that had just said we're not interested. Like you don't really seem like you have that much to offer in terms of experience and exposure. But this got posted, the photo of the book got posted with myself at the book launch on social media and on LinkedIn. And next thing you know, they were willing to give me a second chance. Mm -hmm. And me being me, you know, I was willing to let the challenge of what that rejection looked like to use it to my advantage. And I just went, you know what, I'm going to go and speak at all these events, I'm going to go do all this stuff. And I did. I served at the highest level. You know, I was juggling so many different tasks because my son was very small at the time and I had another child that was a little bit older. It was a, a very big hustle that I was running just to just to get my name out there in order to make a difference. And about two years from there, I just went, you know what? I'm ready to bring my own story out now and create a platform for more people to do this because there is such a big gap in the marketplace for storytelling. Like we're all driving through strategy, but how about our strategy be a story and essentially that was where, um, yeah, the business, the publishing business was born about almost six years ago. And as a result, the key was to do these collaborative books because I saw the power in them uh, because that's what I used to get myself off the ground. So I thought if I am proof that I was able to get that and build, you know, a business very successfully speaking locally, nationally and also internationally, then why can't I pave the way for others because I know what that, what those challenges and rejections were like. So that's essentially how the business started.
1: Mm, So inspiring and so interesting that it's not what you started out with as well. I think that's a really good um, lesson and reminder that, like, sometimes what you start with isn't necessarily where you end up. um, Absolutely. Yeah, particularly, like, around business and for people who are listening to this podcast who might be thinking about starting with a business, that you do pivot. You do pivot um, constantly, really, Um, and to be okay with um, things not necessarily turning out the way you expected as well. Um, Because I think that uh, we talk about on this podcast failing forward and it's sometimes it's like just because something appears to have failed doesn't mean it is necessarily a failure it just means that it's a step in you know it's it's evidence of maybe a different uh path that you might need to start walking down and uh and i think one of the key things um that i get from your sharing as well is that you also didn't care what people thought necessarily i'm guessing that's what i'm reading between the lines Is like you just have to get over yourself in the sense of like oh the a lot of people talk about um feeling like an imposter, you know, imposter syndrome gets thrown around a little bit. We we'll won't get into that for today. But, um, yeah, like just feeling like, oh, what are people going to think about me if I change tracks or if I change lanes? Um, but, yeah, just to do it because you know what use the purpose, right?
2: Absolutely. And I think I would love to just elaborate a little bit on that. And, yes, it was very much about me going i know what my heart's telling me to do i know i've I've prayed about it i've sat on it you know i've meditated on it i'm clear so am i going to let the loud noise interfere or am i just going to push through and because i think i had faced so many challenges and i had taken the rejection as a way to almost fuel me so every time a door closed and it felt like bang smack in the face i used that pain to go, what am I going to do next? So it was like an energy booster as much as it was a rejection. I think because for me, if I was being completely transparent, you know, that relationship falling apart was far greater of a rejection and a slap on the face than the doors that were closing through my business journey. Do you know what I mean? Because there was so much going on. At the time and that earlier on in that journey there was so much going on emotionally for me that that pain together with the rejection was like a real booster right so i had to find my win and it came at a price of rejection but now 10 years on of various different challenges and you know six and a half years on from making such dramatic changes from a consultancy to a publishing business i've seen why that worked because if i had quit I don't know what I would have been doing. I definitely wouldn't be here and I wouldn't have been able to make the impact that I've made. So I think the key thing that is evident to me is if you know what your purpose is or you're trying to work on your purpose and you're just adding a little bits and pieces, keep on that but be open to change on how that purpose can be achieved, not just take that rejection and go, oh, I'm definitely not destined to do this at all. Like Mm -hmm. give it another try, just try a different angle, right? It's like there's so many ways to get to one destination, which, Mm -hmm. you know, do you take the scenic route, the mountains, the, I don't know, the helicopter, ocean, I don't know. There's so many ways. So go try that.
1: (laughs) So good. Such good advice. Um, So we are going to talk about the book in a a moment, um, but I thought I would touch on some of these uh, topics um that relate to that international women's day theme around biases um or breaking the bias um so how has you know being s- someone from a different background you're know, born in sri lanka came to australia how has that helped you and because of are burn bright here so how has that helped you burn bright um in your work or in your industry
2: yeah so arriving from sri, uh, sri lanka to australia um, you know, about 18 years ago. Um, and I spoke English really well, but obviously being a woman of colour, that I very quickly saw that there were some challenges in my first job. So when I got that first job in the CVD, uh, Melbourne CBD, I did experience through upper management where there was certain things just on the sly said to me, like when I would make comments, they go, oh, don't really quite know what you're saying. Like, is, is it because English is not your first language? And I'm like... I don't even know how that is relevant to what we're discussing, but sure. Like, so look, I did take a fair bit of it on because I couldn't quite articulate my comeback. You know, I was, I was too shocked and not equipped to fight back. So for the first few times that I did encounter that, I actually didn't do anything, Amy. I I didn't have the confidence within me to voice, um, To voice my concern or to go call it out you know obviously fast forward now if somebody said that i'd I'd, I'd have a comeback line but at the time i didn't so i did have again moments that i remember i would come home and have my little cry about you know my little pity party but all those little pity parties is what strengthened me to go enough's enough you've got to find your voice and speak it out like it's not just having that dialogue in your head because I don't know about you, Amy, but sometimes I have these long, lengthy dialogues in my head, <laughs> and it's like this whole debate going on. And it took a little while for me to to language that. I would say it probably took about maybe six months in the workplace before I actually raised it as a concern uh, with another group of people that were in management as well, going, you know, it's not cool for this. Team leader and that supervisor to make comments like that on staff. Like it's just not acceptable. You know, we're a multicultural country that has so many migrants, that's not on. But yeah, it took a while for my confidence. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so when you've, after you were able to, you know, address it in that context, how have you seen that it's, been a positive for you to have a different um say you know background and how has that actually been a positive thing for you in um in your industry or you know in your work life
2: yeah so i have used it in a little bit of a cheeky way so being a woman of color and i suppose experiencing those challenges often when i sense there is a little bit of a trigger Um, I I throw the little one-liner saying, you know, given I'm someone that was, you know, born and raised in Sri Lanka, in my experience, Mm -hmm. I have seen X, Y, and Z. So I use it as a bit of a plug and a push to go, I'm actually quite experienced given I understand two very different dynamics. So in that instance, generally, (laughs) the other person that is, navigating that conversation goes okay I need to be the smarter or I need to shut up basically because I have thrown a little bit of a curveball to that conversation going in my experience um given I have you know done this and this and this so I I kind of pump it up a little bit to be quite honest and I found as a result of that I actually they generally shut up and I keep talking so it's a win for me Uh, but look I've had conversations with people that have not had that advantage, you know, where they've really, really taken to heart what was said in workplaces, in professional environments and ended up resigning, changing their entire career path as a result of, you know, just feeling unheard and not respected. And it's a real thing that often people don't want to talk about because it's not a conversation everybody is comfortable having. But for me now, I'm a lot more confident in raising that awareness and talking about it, openly and going, if you are seeing something, you need to speak up, whether that is challenging it. You know, obviously being still professional and respectful, you can call it out because sometimes that person could be just, if I was to use the word, ignorant on the subject matter, and they're not intentionally trying to be vicious, but it is coming across like that. So if you're able to politely address it, you probably could resolve it or maybe, it's a whole other story but I think it's important to address the issue and to find your voice.
1: Mm, yeah and, and I think the finding your voice part is really where the books come into play as well because I know that when you have been doing the collaborative projects as well as um, working with those individuals who are publishing you know their memoirs and things it's really about yeah sharing your stories and I think that's the uh, really amazing thing um, that we get to be part of. Uh, We've got some of our other authors, uh, co-authors, Danielle Street we mentioned before, and I think Amy Toe might be on the line. Um, But it's, um, yeah, really exciting to have this book that's coming out officially on International Women's Day. Yes, (laughs) Um, we're having the book launch on International Women's Day. So it's all sold out though. So um, you'll have to buy the book to hear um, the stories and be able to read some inspiring stories of courage of women who've um, gone through setbacks and um, been able to come out the other side. So I'd be interested to know, Samantha, like how did this concept of the book, this particular book project start? um, we, we were, well, still are in a pandemic, and uh, you know what was the idea behind starting this book, and how did how did it go for you in terms of the process?
2: Yeah, so for me, the title of this book was something that I sat on for a little while before I made it public, uh, but over the years, over the last um, bit years, we've done. Uh, nearly every year a collaborative book for international women's day um so in 2020 interestingly at the end of 20 uh, 2019 when i sat on a few titles nothing came to me and i remember telling my team i know 2020 is a big year and we're all looking forward to achieving things uh but I just don't really have a title. It's not coming to me. So I think we're going to let this year pass and we'll have something amazing for 2021. And they're like, really? You're not going to really capitalize on this from a strategy angle? I'm like, I don't know. Like my mind's blank. And this was like in July of 2019. I said, I'm not getting anything. If we're going to go to campaign and and find these authors and coach them through, I don't know. I think we just got to let it fly, like let it go and move on. And it's a great thing we did because come international women's day in 2020 there was nothing happening we were all in lockdown and yeah. everything was going stir crazy with the, like what's going on um so we didn't have anything launched in 2020 and 2021 as a result um but at the end of 2020 i was in a headspace of what is it going to take for me to push through as a business owner that has been on hold for nearly nine months. Now, you know, we did one book launch in uh, February of 2020. um, And then literally seven book launches got cancelled. International trips, uh, workshops interstate from Perth to Brisbane to Sydney all got cancelled. And I was at a place where I just honestly, yet again, felt challenged, felt that kick in the guts and gone, here we go again, another challenge, I'm really done with these challenges, I'd like a break. Um, And through a lot of that pressing, you know, again, that mentality, on the emotions, had my little cry, had my little pita party for a few days, sat in that space, sat on the couch, didn't do too much, picked myself up, asked the questions, dealt with the emotions. And what kept constantly coming to my mind in that quiet time where it was not through trigger. It was not through hurt, but in absolute peace was the word courage. The word courage just came, kept coming up saying, Sam, you know, it's, you got to push through because it's being courageous. That's what business owners do. You've got to be courageous. You've got to adapt, you know, and I was like, okay, courage. Yep. Cool. Cool. You know, kind of going with that. And then it became evident that, you know what, my courageous journey You know, for me, it's gonna take courage to journey through this pandemic. There's gotta be other incredible women out there that are feeling the pain from various other challenges from their career, from you know, life, from health, from travel, from various other dynamics that have played out where they felt challenged. And so, what what does courage look like to them? And as a result of that, I sat on it, I sat on it, and I remember telling my team, you know what? we are going to launch a book for International Women's Day called My Courageous Journey. This is really personal to me. I want to give women the platform and the opportunity to share their voice, showcase what they're passionate about, because generally to achieve courage, you've got to know what the challenge is, right? You've got to own the challenge in order to be courageous, because if you're just walking through, well, there's nothing courageous about that because you're just walking. But to Mm -hmm. see the challenge, address it, find a solution, push through, that takes courage. And courage has so many components to it, right? There's, There's communication, there's resilience, there's owning the emotions behind everything that's triggering. And I just thought, you know what? My courageous journey. That's it and essentially here we are Amy a few days ahead of launch International women's Day 2022 and my courageous journey is about to be born to the community and nationally and internationally so very exciting time ah so exciting and I loved um,
1: hearing the backstory as well like and how that's played out um, so and I just want to congratulate you as well for pushing through. Uh, because, yeah, and, and for us as well as, as authors, um, it's just been great to work with you and just to, yeah, just to see these stories come to life. And if you are interested in getting a copy of the book, uh, My Courageous Journey, um, I will drop a link in Yeah, you can, you can see if you're watching, yeah, watching live, you can see the... There's Amy. There's me. Yay. <laughs> Along with amazing, another nine amazing women there as well. Um, so we will drop a link in um, the comments later after this live broadcast, but also if you're listening on the replay or on the podcast, you'll get it in the description of the post um, or the episode. So um, we're about to wrap up um, this interview. Um, Sam, thank you so much for your time. We just wanted to finish off Um, with a final question because it's, you know, our podcast and our Facebook community is all around like living life well, you know, how can you lead well, how can you um, do it from a place of burning bright, not burning out. So what would be kind of your top tip for your last um, pearl of wisdom to share with the audience um, around living life well? Like what's how, how do you do it?
2: Yeah, I mean, in in honoring the theme and really looking at what your business does, Amy, you know, how do we, you know, burn bright, really, really do justice to that. And my thing is, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, and I actually live by this, and that is being selfish Um, to yourself, you know, having that me time on on a weekly basis or a few times a week, you know, being able to say no, and no is a is a full sentence in my opinion when i say no i mean no and i think the combination of prioritizing yourself and saying no can seem selfish and it might come across that way but hey if, if you don't do that you're going to be stretched way too thin and it's going to impact you on the long run so my my golden nugget that i would share is yeah to own that own on your me time own on saying no To certain things to tasks to people to various things that are not going to serve you and yeah be a little bit selfish
1: lovely place to end um and how can people get in touch with you if they want to say if they want to write a book or, or like be part of um something that you're up to what's the best
2: place to contact you yeah so i'm on um instagram at samantha jensen or on linkedin at samantha jensen and facebook samantha jensen publishing so
1: Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to leave it here, everyone. Thank you for those who have um, left some comments. Uh, We'll read them afterwards. And, yeah, if you do have any questions for Sam or myself, please just put them in the comments um, and we can always address them at another time. So thank you, everyone, and we will see you in the next episode recording. Take care. Bye.
3: Thanks so much for listening to this podcast episode. It was my joy and delight to bring it to you. And I do hope that it has given you some practical tips on how you can live life well. I would love to hear your feedback on what resonated with you or stood out to you. So please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our Facebook page. If you haven't already, please subscribe, like and share this podcast with your friends, your family, your neighbours. And if you are sharing it on Instagram, make sure you follow and tag us at livelifewell underscore the podcast. You can also find me, Amy Leong, at underscore Amy Leong underscore on Instagram, where I share more resources on how you can burn bright and not burn out as part of my new leadership and holistic wellness coaching business, the Live Life Well Movement. Thanks again for joining us and I'll see you in the next episode.